and gentlemen, welcome to Podcast Juice. My name is Michael Dean, and this is the podcast on Prince. And yeah, we are back. We're here with a very special episode. We're going to do a year in review Prince 2018. Well, there's a lot of things that happened this year. A lot of buzz and excitement, some good stuff, some maybe not so good stuff. I don't know. But joining me today, I got a nice special roundhouse of family guests and just community superstars out here. So first of all, let me welcome the home team. Uh, ladies first, uh, Kanisa, Muse to the Pharaoh, how are you? Doing okay. Finally not raining in Atlanta, so we're happy to have a sunny day. Oh, right on. Okay. And also joining us is Mr. Big Sexy and Saxer. How are you? I am doing well. It is also not raining today in Northern California. Well, but I'd prefer the rain today, actually. But hey, can't get it all, all the time. <laughs> all right. All right. And also joining us, we have a special guest. He's been on the show before. Now, you would know him as Prince's friend on YouTube. So we're going to welcome him here to the podcast. Prince's friend, how are you? I'm doing wonderful. Uh, and it is also not raining here. It hasn't <laughs> rained here for like a couple of weeks, though. So, you know, it wasn't really expected. All right. Well, this is the rain report. I, I think that's what this is. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Well, thank you for coming on uh, and taking time out from everything you got going on. Definitely. And yeah, we're just here to talk about, you know, uh, this past year uh, in prints, whether it's, you know, stuff that was released, uh, news stories, um, community stuff that happened whatever it was it was a lot that went down um but i want to start off uh just kind of going around the room and let's just you know start by going by some of the things that stood out to us or memorable moment moments um things that happened or you know say, hey, i really love this and i'm just gonna start one thing that i throw out here is relatively new that's why i'm gonna pick the easy one but i was really happy with it was the the release of piano on a microphone uh 1983 I personally enjoyed that uh, release. Uh, I loved being able to buy the, I think I got the, the special edition one with the vinyl and the CD and the, you know, the, the booklet and everything. And it was one of those types of recordings that I type of, you know, I love the sort of unreleased rehearsal type shit. So I was very much happy with that. I know some people have issues, of course, but that was a big standout. Uh, among many others uh, that I would say for myself. I'm just curious, uh, what do you guys think of that release? And the other question is, do you guys still listen to it? So I'll start with Kinesa. Yeah, I definitely still listen to it because I'm all about Prince on Piano at any time. Um, one thing that I kind of did over the last week or so actually was kind of noticing people said that they wish they had it and stuff and it's not expensive. I think it's maybe $30 or something now, even the deluxe. So just buying a couple and get handing them out because for those of us, you know, who might've had or whatever, um, it's, it's more about getting him exposed to other people. So, um, I'm definitely big about, Hey, you should try it and listen to this or handing it out and different things like that, because it's interesting to hear him working through that creative process and helps you appreciate, appreciate him more. All right. All right. Uh, big sexy. For me, excuse me, for me, it's really more about watching, other musicians celebrate him still. I mean, I'm, and I'm not trying to downplay anyone's, you know, heart at all, but in the immediate period of his passing, 
a lot of various musicians would do things at their shows. And the cool thing is, you know, to me, is when you see so many musicians in so many different realms saying, you know what, let me stop the train here because this was my guy. Uh, just recently, I had a chance to see guitar great Jeff Beck. And in his band currently is Rhonda Smith, who used to you know play with Prince, as we all know. And they did a version of Purple Rain. Now, instrumentally, it was off the chains. It was fantastic. My only beef is his choice of singers, but, you know, that's just one of those things. It's all subjective. But I just like seeing how musicians, both, you know, legendary and some of the newer, newer, newer cats are still saying, you know what, don't forget this guy, because he did this all first. He was truly a modern-day Mozart, and I like that people are still talking about it. All right, man. That's why I love Big Sexy. He'll be on some, like, you know, Infinity Ring, Time Stone, like answering questions we haven't asked yet, but that was dope. (laughs) 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 But just want to go back and do cycle back to the piano microphone and get your thoughts on that as well. You know, I enjoyed it because I am an aspiring piano player, and there's so many times where I get frustrated, and I'll just pop something in, and now that I'm starting to learn how it's structured, I can hear it. I can read music with it, and I can see what he's doing. But again, I am learning to crawl, and he was out there running marathons. And so I like listening to that. I was hoping, in fact, it's weird you would bring this up. I would like to see video of that tour, you know, because a lot of people will say, all the studio gimmickry and blah, 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 about anyone nowadays. Prince had a, a giant catalog, said, you know what, let me do this. Give me my piano and a mic, and let me do my thing. That's amazing. That's amazing. That is something that needs to be shown and made widely available because it was truly a great experience. I'm glad I got to go. But now that I'm playing, I want to see it more just to watch the craftsmanship of it. I mean, it's something that needs to be talked about more, definitely. All right, all right. Now, do you want me to call you Prince's friend or you want me to call you Eloy? What, what do you want me? A prince's friend usually, or you can just say friend or whatever. I, I you know, I don't, I don't throw my actual name out there a ton. Oh my bad, <laughs> putting damn. Oh, it's all good. I mean, y'all know me. Bill collectors be listening to the show too, boy. They be like, oh, okay. no, I'm sorry. It's prince's <laughs> it's friend. Good. You prince's can call me whatever you want. No, it's prince's friend. Uh, <laughs> jump on this, the, you know, piano microphone. But then also, just to change it up, give me one of your uh, standouts from this year. Okay. Uh, I mean, and it, it actually was, I have two things about piano and a microphone. The first one is when we got to go to celebration, uh, that was actually one of the big features at celebration this year was that you got to see his very first show that he did in this piano and a microphone, um, show before he died. And, uh, that was amazing. And I can't wait for that to come out on DVD. Like that was epic in my opinion, mm-hmm. definitely. That, like that would have been worth the admission just right there. Um, going back to the the piano and a microphone 1983, though, I actually got quite a bit of flack because my review of this wasn't necessarily all that glowing. And the reason why I wasn't necessarily as blown away by it uh, 
was more about the context of its release than what it actually was. Because uh, what it was was him, you know, focusing and trying to work through some songs, and like that part is amazing. But what it was sold to us as was this is the first posthumous album. This is the thing, right? And it's just like, but why is this? Why is this the first one that you guys are getting out here? Like that didn't that didn't make any sense to me. Uh, the choice of that, and and of course, like then there was the the you know. Uh, Mary, uh, Mary, don't you weep video that came out, which was actually pretty well done. Uh, but then of course there were tons of reports that the family didn't want this to be the first album and the family didn't want, you know, uh, that to be to for them to spend tons of money on the website and, and the, the video and all that stuff. So it's weird because, you know, I was reluctant to, you know, I guess apprehensive maybe about its release and um, as amazing as it is for us people who are already Prince friends, uh, I don't think that that was the album that's going to bring other people in. And, and, and maybe it did, but just in my own, you know, myopic perception of the situation, it seemed like um, a weird choice. Okay, interesting. I, I think it's- Go ahead. Go ahead. Well, I, I actually got a text from my sister um, maybe an hour ago, maybe two hours ago. She was listening to NPR, and she said, hey, did you know that they did a box set of Prince, something about piano from 1983? I was like, "Um, wow, you're just now realizing that it's a thing. <laughs> but I, I think it's interesting because, you know, as Prince fans, we do know that he has that talent and Things like that. But it's really interesting sometimes to hear people outside of the bubble and knowing what they know about Prince. I think I asked like a group on Facebook, like, hey, I, I know I talk about bass or Prince all the time. But for those of you who aren't really deep fans, like, what do you know about him? Or did you even know that he played the piano? Did you know all this other stuff? And a lot of people said they didn't know. And it, it's interesting that people see Prince as kind of like the sexy, like Purple Rain, um, entertainer but his musicality often gets lost among the people who don't live him every day and so it is an interesting choice especially since a lot of us might have had it already but yeah. and and then we always say you know when it comes out officially we gotta buy it and to support as well you know but um and of course it being purple rain adjacent they're always gonna do everything purple rain first because even though it's super annoying to me personally that does make the numbers so it it's, it's It was a conflicting thing where I was just like, ah, I guess. But then, like everything else, you'll be annoyed about something Prince does, and then you'll listen to him playing, and you're like, oh, I don't care. It's still Prince. I love it. <laughs> it's annoying to me, too, just for, for the record. it's And I, I'm pretty vocal about it being annoying uh, to me. So, yeah, I'm, but, I, but I completely agree with that. Um, you know, I have a big thing about uh, how everybody's trying to put Prince in this, you know, pretty purple 80s box and uh, and how like a lot of the stuff that I do on my YouTube channel is to try to bring out the other things that people don't know. And, uh, you know, so that's it. So, yes, it, it's definitely annoying that they that they went that route. And if this and if Piano and a Microphone 83, uh, also known as Intimate Moments with Prince, if that was a uh, if that was a bonus disc or if it was the second disc of a new release or something like that, I may have not been as harsh in my review of it because it really was very, it was beautiful and it was really interesting to see him work through those songs. But at the same time, 
you know, that there is context to everything. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. I mean, you know, I, I and I hear what both of you saying, you know, again, we have the lens of looking at it, obviously, with a lot more knowledge of Prince and mm-hmm. we understand his catalog and stuff. <clears throat> but I think that, um, you know, so I try to think of other artists that have that particular period that always is sort of, you know, the mainstay that uh, mainstream people would view them through. You know, you could look at Stevie Wonder. I would imagine his super fans would be, hey, there's more to him than, you know, the key of life or, uh, you know, Sly fans may say there's more to him than, you know, just those hits that he had. There's a whole other thing. And I, I guess, you know, sometimes you just have to let people get in. I mean, that's just how they get in. You know, the, the mainstream media's perception of, a, of an artist versus those that are very much insiders. And the mainstream is always going to play toward what's going to make them that media buck as opposed to educating people about the deep da 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 da. So when I think of it that way, it is always going to make sense why the mainstream media is going to promote, as we say, Purple Rain <laughs> 80s type of prints obviously that is how they can make their money they're not so i mean you know but again uh i think it's really up to people like us you know the real fans to be able to play that other stuff or talk about the other stuff among the community or people that you work with or whatever and then they'll start to hear like who is this you know and you get in that conversation and start to explain yeah man this album emancipation or blah 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 oh I, I never heard of this. this is really good i think that's how they are going to get past you know sort of the thing that gets them in the door you know uh some of these more popular mainstays type stuff but again i'd rather have them release something than nothing so i, I was i was, I, was I, I love it um all right so piano microphone yeah that was a a big release this year i was trying to remember i don't think we knew about this release earlier in the year did we like i mean in terms of before april I don't, was that was it announced before april no i think april was around when it was announced okay. and then you know it didn't come out till september so we right. knew about it months in advance okay okay all right uh let's see i want to go to uh Kinesa. what was uh, uh another thing that stood out for you this year only one thing um okay <laughs> a lot happen but i i'm not going to talk about myself i'm going to talk about the books that came out this year because there were so many and so many different types whether it's from people who worked with prince or like fams who released their own stuff um we had even though this came out end of last year but the pre prince pre-fame book by robert whitman it was very expensive and it's definitely kind of a collector's item but it was really cool to see you know prince um as an upcoming artist where he wasn't quite famous yet and all these offshoots of pictures that we've seen before and like the whole photo reels, it was amazing to flip through. And and it didn't seem like it kicked off too much probably because of the price point. But I don't know if you had some extra money laying around, maybe 160 extra dollars. Um, (laughs) Maybe... Maybe an investment that, you know, you can pass down or stuff like that. <laughs> yeah, but you know me, like, stuff like that, I'm always going to buy. Because I always buy everybody's books or try to read them just to, you know, get their perspectives. And then you also had um, Marco Hart. He put out a book of his art, the 1999 mm. person, which is fun to see. Um, Troy had his volume three of 
Le Petit Prince. Um, There was an interesting book that I saw because, you know, I'm like a geek in normal world. So I'm all about fan fiction for my fandoms that I'm into. And there was actually a book called The Most Beautiful um, by, I I can't even pronounce his name, maybe Michael, Michelle, Michael B, something like that. And at first I picked it up. I was like, oh, my gosh, Prince has fan fiction officially now. Have to read this because I'm thinking it's going to be like the twilight of Prince. And after a while, it was very tongue in cheek, like for talking about a male prince experience. And I'm like, why is prince so much a part of your world where you're sitting in a restaurant hearing something from Purple Rain and you're offended because you're like, this is not restaurant music. And I'm like, what am I listening to or reading? (laughs) But after a while, it started to click and the references weren't so on the nose. And it really explained how people do connect to prince, especially when you're younger and you grow up and you attach memories to it like friendships and relationships and how Prince soundtracked that for you and so by the end of it I was like wow that actually turned out to be really cool so I I really appreciate how people are getting creative about how they write about how Prince impacted their lives and it's not always you know like a fantasy journal or you know it's really getting artistic and how people are doing that um, have to shout out Hamish for his book, even though right, it had to fall right. by the lead side. But that was still a really good um, collection of things for Prince's wife music. And the way he writes is also very good in that um, he makes that emotional connection. But it's not like, I cry listening to it. It's like, when you hear Prince do a guitar solo, there is something that is very visceral about that and how you respond to it in some moments where he did do that across his career whether it's early or later that you can um know about in that live work and um really it's just like a bunch of the books that i'm looking through with my list of things but i i really appreciate um people talking about their experiences people being creative and how prince impacted them and then seeing pictures of things or maybe a few that we'd seen before but so many more hundreds of pictures that are out there to kind of add to that story of Prince. Yeah. And shout out to Hamish. I'm saying his, his name right. I know he put a lot of work into that book. And uh, it, was, it, was, it was really good. Um, also, I still haven't gotten this book yet. I had it on order at Amazon. They was doing something funny or taking too long. and I had to cancel it. So I'm going to still get this because I really want to see it. But uh, Before the Rain uh, book. Mm-hmm. Oh, uh, of course. Uh, and I'm, and I'm glad we got uh, Princess Friend here because you had some involvement in that book as well. Exactly. Yeah, yeah I was gonna I was gonna mention that book as well. Obviously. Oh my bad. Um, just I mean, just because you know Alan Bolio, who did all of the photography for Prince uh, from uh, Dirty Mind Controversy 1999, those three albums and those tours and all of that stuff all around there, and uh, from I have a I have a bunch of the different photo books and. It's really kind of the the best well, the, you know, the best one. Like not just because I had my little piece of it, but just be, it's like the most like it's the most involved. Like there's articles about what it was like to shoot Prince and what it was like to you know be in that world. And it's not just it's not just pictures. Um, there's stories that go along with those, and then and it gives you context for the pictures that you're looking at, which is I think what really makes that book. Uh, so well done and the fact that it was done by the minnesota historical society too i think is a big deal all right yeah definitely it was uh i i remember seeing when they first announced it i was like oh man that, that's like my kind of my era like i, I, gotta, <laughs> I gotta get that so yeah i'm very excited to uh 
to pick that one up. And I've seen, unfortunately, you know, you, by this point, I know I've probably seen a lot of the pictures online inadvertently, maybe, but I still want to get it. You know what I'm saying? Like, I still want to get that book. Um, it's cool to have the actual artifact in your hands. Yeah. Um, especially that one. Uh, and, and my little, my little, like I wrote like three pages out of the book. Uh, they just wanted me to write up little reviews kind of, of those eras and those albums. Uh, and that's, you know, pretty much was my whole thing. But like, as soon as I actually saw the book, I was just like, wow, this, this book is really, really good, which is why I, you know, I got to go to the launch party and, um, I did like a bunch of reviews and videos about it, but it's, it's, it's really good. Right on. All right. All right. I actually had that book. Well, I was lazy about my Halloween direction or decoration. So I had a table out of different Prince books and decorations and everybody picked that one up and was like, what is this? And what is <laughs> So I was like, well, you can go to amazon.com or commercial, <laughs> 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 but yeah, that, that was a really, um, and I, I mean, I've seen a lot of the pictures from that book, but not as many as I thought I would that should be circulated but not because you know when you are whenever you have these photo books people want to take pictures and mm. spread them all out I'm like pay the people who did this please but um yeah I, I think there's still some gems in there that haven't gotten a lot of enough shine yet so you'll be surprised right. and from what i've heard he's got even more so like you know who knows how many more books he might be able to come out with all right it's such a i mean obviously there's been two other bigger ones right Afshin and steve's but it's just such mm-hmm. an interesting thing that uh, prints picture books, and, and and they're great. Like he, he had, it was just a foresight that for him to be always taking pictures and things being documented. And it's great to look back at those. And each one of them are so very different in terms of you know what prints look like. In, well, in you know, time. I I also think that there was a when we were at celebration, uh, there was a a panel with Maite and um, she kind of gave a little bit of insight into that sort of thing. Cause Prince was, was kind of obsessed with uh, photos and like, you know, making sure that you get the best shots. Like that was mm-hmm. kind of what he was all about. Um, she said uh, that a lot of the choreography would be, all right, you're going to do that over here and whatever. And then we're going to be here and we're going to pose and it's going to be an amazing shot for people. And that, and that always came into play with all of his shows and all of his albums and, and anything that he was ever on. So it's like, I'm not surprised that there are books of photos of him because I think he was so aware of his, of his angles and what he wanted to put out there that it makes mm-hmm. each of those really special. Yeah. Yeah. And that's, that's one of those things when cats, you know, Oh, who's going to be the next, this and that. Yeah. You got to be on the music and all that, but if you ain't thinking on, that level as well. Then you ain't gonna be mm-hmm. the next break. Like slow down. You got a ways to go. So anyway, um, any other books that of note that we should mention? Oh, from- one more. The update to the Prince in the Purple Rain yes. era studio sessions by Dwayne Tudal. Yes, yes. Gotta mention that one as well. Definitely. Oh, of course, of course. Shout out to Dwayne. All right. Um, hold it, hold it, hold it, hold it. Oh, we got another. Uh, I'm looking at the Prince pre-fame book now on Amazon, and they want to grip. <laughs> so if oh, there's yeah, another place good. to get it, let me know. <laughs> yeah, I'll send you a link. Uh, also, you know, following up on what Kanisa mentioned, book-wise, uh, I've read a lot of biographies of musicians this year, and two recently stand out, and they both had a similar mention. Um, 
the guitar player from the group Toto, Steve Lukather, and I hope I'm probably butchering his name, mentioned that when they were working on one of their albums way back in the early or late 70s at the record plant in Sausalito, Prince was in the studio. And Steve walks in, he's like, who's, who's the little guy? Oh, man, that's the next fixed thing. Just keep, keep an eye on him. And then Prince went and talked to him and said, yeah, man, I like what you do. You got to change this. And Steve was saying how aware he was of everything around him for being so young. And he, he didn't know at the time, but that young man grew up to be Prince. And in 1983, same thing. Jonathan Cain from Journey had, has done his book. <clears throat> And he's talking about how he got a phone call from Warner Brothers when they when, right when Purple Rain came out, and they said Prince wants to talk to you. He was like, okay. So they sat down over at, at um, Warner's in L.A. and Prince said, look, my song is very close to your song, Faithfully, and I want to make sure that you guys don't think I'm ripping you off. And John's like, no, man, not at all, man. You know, I I heard what yours is, and I know what ours is, and no, man, go do your thing. He's all cool. I just wanted to touch base and show you that respect. And both of those guys were so blown away by by that. And it's just another side of him that we don't see. And I like seeing that, and I like people are talking about it. What, what are these books, two, two books that you're mentioning? Uh, the one <clears throat> from Steve Lukather is called The Gospel According to Steve Lukather. It is his biography. And Jonathan Cain's book, I will have to look that up momentarily because right. I just read it and it was a good book. All right. Well, yeah, let us know before the show's out because I know some completists got to have it. So, <laughs> <laughs> um, well, while you're looking that up, I was going to go to you, but uh, I'm going to throw another one out there as a sort of an obvious one, but I would love to talk about this. Of course, uh, we had the celebration this year. Uh, yeah. Back in April, uh, actually, it was the first time that weekend or week, whatever, I got to meet Prince's friend. Uh, was that at Bunkers? It was. Uh, or, no, no, no. That was. No, was uh, that first? Was that First Avenue? Wasn't it? No, it was that Jelly Bean Johnson thing. I can't remember what club that. Oh, that's the Minneapolis Music uh, Cafe. Okay. Yes. 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 So met you there for the first time. Uh, celebration, you know, we now we did a whole show about this, but uh, just my my quick thing to say, celebration. I thought was I had a great time, just you know, meeting people, other Prince fans, um, of course, going to Paisley Park and and seeing all that good stuff. We did our uh, podcast juice uh, meet and greet. Uh, God, I can't even think of the name. Uh, the place was people's in, organic people's organic shout out to people's organic uh we did that there and that was a, a great time a lot of people came out uh I, I always one of the memorable things to me was just standing sitting stand, sitting in there and was talking and, and i just see uh, uh ingrid uh, chavez pulling up outside and i'm like i'm, mm -hmm. I'm looking I'm like who the fuck huh I'm like, oh <laughs> it's about to get real in here but uh that whole experience was was dope um, I actually I, I don't know this and I'm going to lead into Kanisa a little bit but I'm curious your takeaway of that weekend and I'm curious did that sort of help lead or push you into Muse 
Mm. So that was a really long week (laughs) because I came up for the symposium that started earlier in the week, Mm. and it was right when that big snowstorm happened in um, April, huh? So when I was flying in, my my flight didn't get delayed, but a lot of people's did. So there were snow everywhere. I hadn't driven in that kind of snow forever. I had this rental car. Like even for Minneapolis, they were kind of surprised by the storm. So the streets weren't really clean. It was wild. But it was interesting, um, you know, always seeing the academic side of Prince and uh, how how that works. Because, you know, the the academic world – they generally have, you know, I'm studying something specific and then you kind of like get to a symposium like this and it kind of weaves what they actually study normally into the things that are purple tinted. So it's always interesting. Sometimes it connects and sometimes it's like, oh, I don't really know if, if that's a thing. But to kind of see all of people's different opinions and how, you know, they pull things out or make those connections in Prince and especially the theme of Prince in Place, it was like, okay, so I can see how people start to talk about topics that aren't always talked about as far as, you know, um, you know, like how they feel about an album or the main things that people always talk about with Prince like with the girlfriends and things like that. I'm like, I feel like there's an avenue here to talk about more a combination of how people respond to Prince as well as um, digging deeper into the things that people read on the surface. So, um, talks about that and of course I'd been on Prince podcast before and people were like oh you should do your own and I was always like oh, I don't really I don't really know because I'm weird about my voice and then <laughs> I I it's it's a job right you got to work it like a job right so just meeting people and people were like hey you're a darling Nisi and, and it's the strangest thing still to me now people will hear my voice and be like your voice is familiar or those have seen my picture or follow me on tumblr or twitter so um and then we come into celebration, where again, I, the People's Organic um, event was very interesting because there was so much happening while we were there. All the websites were launched. Um, the news from the investigation happened, so it mm-hmm. was the video came out, and I remember everybody being on their phones there and people crowding around phones and listening to different things. And I was like, this is overwhelming and also hilarious because look at these Prince nerds in this regular restaurant that's <laughs> doing business right now. And then all these people coming in, Scotty Baldwin came in, like um, people were there who knew him. It was just like this weird bubble of, even though you know we were all up there for a kind of sad reason, it was still kind of like this bubble of protection from like the negativity, even with that happening there where we saw the press conference, we set it aside and we're like, we are here to celebrate this man and spend this time with people who get it and made it invested to be here and things like that. So that had a big impact on me as well. Cause again, it's the people, the people. And so then we're at celebration and things happen as celebration happens. And it was a little different from the first year where it was way less emotional because <laughs> The first year, everybody's like two seconds from crying and things like that. And it, it to me, it seemed a little less personal um, just because last time or the first year, you started every day with Prince and then you went into the panels. And sometimes you would go a whole day or my, for my VIP, sometimes you went a whole day without seeing him on the big screen. So it was kind of like, uh, I don't feel like that's the point. So hopefully we'll do better with this next time. But it was still, again, we're learning about Prince. We're learning about things that are always talked about and so after all of that um i i think um aunt Pooh called me in the middle of the day like i don't have a job and was like hey <laughs> can i talk to you about something i was like um 
is it an emergency? Like, why are you calling? But he was like, hey, me and Michael were talking. What do you think about doing your own podcast? And I was like, you know what? Before I would have said no, but now I kind of want to. And then I have my Tumblr crew that we've been talking about Prince every day and we'll argue or make different things about Prince. And I was like, I think we should bring that format to a podcast. So let's talk about how Prince impact our lives since we passed or he passed. Let's talk about the 90s. Let's talk about live moments after 2000. Let's talk about things that aren't in the 80s that people always talk about. Let's talk to women who worked at Tharse Avenue while he was coming up um, to hear the story of before Purple Rain. Like, what was it like to have Prince come in and do like a controversy or dirty mindset or things in the 7th Avenue entry area? Or let's talk about the Black experience for, for women who were there from the beginning and what it was like to see him kind of get become more pop and see him embraced by everyone else and the trajectory of his um, career. It's like, or, or even let's talk to a woman who worked for WB before the Purple Rain time and during Purple Rain time a little bit after. So it's kind of like, these are voices that don't often get elevate, elevated and they should be heard from as well because it's part of the story. And then also talking to how people connect to Prince personally, because there's some value in talking about that from a healing perspective, as well as really digging into why we even connect to him in the way we do. So some of them are challenging, and some of them were things that, as our group, um, we talk about, or at least my my muse group, we talk about personal things, like why am I crying at certain songs and things like that, and really digging into the why of it that I feel like does bring healing both in the loss of Prince, but as well as internally. So that's kind of how I, I, I moved, this was really long, <laughs> moved into the space of creating news that there, there's a story behind being interested in prints. There's a reason why we're all so obsessed with them. And there's interesting things to know about him to where we can sometimes apply it to ourselves. And sometimes it's just interesting to know about how humans work. All right. All right. Uh, let, let, let me be on record for those who don't you know, if I ain't made it clear enough, I am like so happy and like proud and like just like ah, look at you know Kanisa and music and Pharaoh and everything that you're doing. It is uh, exceptional work, and so for me, you know, I just sit back and be like, shine. It's, it's time yeah. to shine. You know what I'm saying? And do your thing. And like, there is so much to add to you know. Prince, of course, there's Prince, the person and everything that he was, but there's also the reflection back on Prince from us, you know, as admirers of him, people who are inspired. Uh, there's people who work for him. But I think for what you speak to specifically, Kinesa, it is uh, it's a great thing. Like, it's just so good. And, and again, all of these voices are like crucial to like get a, just a super understanding. So whatever level you know, that you might be listening to this podcast or you hear about Prince, there are different stages and things that you can get into, right? You, once you get into that music, then there's that conversation of everything that Kanisa brought in, this conversations that Prince's friend does and all the other, you know, shows out there, but specifically Muse, like I'm just so happy that it's going down. And the other thing uh, I will say too, I like, I'm so happy of the work ethic. I everyone who knows me knows I'm all about, you know, <laughs> putting it in and let's get it, you know, blah, blah, blah. So to me, it's like, it, that's an example of, of working like a job of, of, you know, somebody who just took the, 
took you by the it's like oh you you, you give me the baton mike you give me up i'm gone you know and kinesa gone with it i'm just like okay yeah and you know the great thing about it is it keeps me hungry it keeps you know mm -hmm. it's like okay whew, sis ain't playing <laughs> <laughs> she's not playing and you know I, I'm, I'm able to see you know some of the behind the scene thing the scheduling and, and and you know gathering the team all these types of things and it's, it's 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 beautiful you know what i'm saying so i'm just letting you know that i really appreciate what you're doing i really love it um and again i was going to go somewhere with it and it's kind of oh you know i was going to say this uh this is the great thing about this Prince thing too and having points of reference is, is what I quickly want to say. Prince gave us a point of reference of greatness. Like if you're a musician, for any musician, no matter what your style you into, if you're a real musician, you can see Prince as a point of reference of, yo, that dude is upper echelon. Like I, I, I want to aspire to be as good as that cat is on, on instruments, right? That's a, that's a thing. But for to me, just as a fan of it and a lover of music and of people, I can hold him as a point of reference to say, yo, my guy here, he put in so much work and he was able to create an opportunity in a space where he brought other people in, right? And said, okay, well, like for instance, Dave Hampton, I need you to do this for me. And I need you to be at the top of your game. Uh, Jackie, I need you to be at this. Scotty, I need you to do this. Uh, Lang, I need you to do this. And everyone sort of has the same vision, but it's a, but they all put in a position where they can be great and they can be inspired and they go on to do other stuff too. But I can look at it as a point of reference and say, man, look how my man ran his situation. You know what I'm saying? He, he came in. And was like, I'm going 100%, 150% every day from my clothes, my hair. We don't care. You know, all of us going to be on some other level stuff. And I'm going to just do me. I'm not really worried about what nobody got to say. And everybody around me is going to be on that same, you know, is going to be on that same level. Uh, so inspiring others around you to rise up and be just as great. Because it ain't just about one person. So I'm saying, why am I saying all this to say? Because, you know, what Kinesa is doing. Prince's friend is doing, Peach and Black is doing, uh, my guy, Violet Reality, Purple Underground. Everybody's got a point of reference, right? We all into Prince and into you know, we want to be the best at what we do and contribute. And it's a, it's just great that we all are pushing this thing forward, and everybody is sort of a point can be a point of reference. I you know my man. Princess Frank could be a point of reference to me. Like, oh, I want to get in on that YouTube game. Let me let me peep game. Let me watch what he's doing. You yeah. know what I'm saying? Or oh, I want to do a podcast. Let me see. His, or Dwayne, he writing a book. Let me peep how he did that or whatever. So I love that we can all shine and do our things because we're all points of reference for each other. And I'm going to get off my soapbox. But I just wanted to give it up to my sister, Kanisa. Can I just add to that? <laughs> Go I think ahead. It's super interesting what you said as far as Prince, you know, saying, hey, you should do this, you should do this. And he's kind of still doing that to all of us. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Because, like, everybody is doing a little bit more than they're comfortable doing right now. Because I know I was not about to have a podcast. And, like, well, let me do it for Prince. Let me try to grow into this. And then when I got more confident in my voice, 
through Prince, I've got like took off at work. I'm getting like all types of responsibilities now because now I'm more confident. And then same for all of us. Like me and Prince's friend were on Purple Current. Yep. And mm-hmm. they were both like when we were both on there, they're like, we really appreciate what you're doing to elevate the legacy. And um, how I got my opportunity to do the PR and alumni thing mm-hmm. uh, where I got to moderate a panel. I'm like, because you put yourself out there and then I didn't ask to do that. I got a call out of the blue. I was like, what? It's, it's interesting who's paying attention to what you're doing and how you're presenting yourself. And then also having just to step into it and just to try it out and then to iterate and get better. And you're, you, people writing you long letters like what you said really impacted me and it's it's really interesting because these are all things that we wouldn't have done maybe before while he was here but when we're sad and trying to deal with it ourselves and trying to step into the way he inspired us to push great things happen too most definitely most definitely and 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 it's everything kanisa just said pretty much is is true uh you know the purple current was was a weird one for me because that one really came out of the blue uh you know but when i started doing my youtube channel you know i've i've been it's been growing and it's been amazing um and but it's it's weird because then you realize who is watching uh and or or in your guys case who is listening you know, uh, you know, because I've been contacted. I got contacted uh, and invited out to Paisley, where I got to hang out with Wally Sa- uh, Safford and um, go to an amazing like uh, DJ set of Prince music at Paisley. Uh, and you know, I got invited to work on the Prince uh, Prince Before the Rain book. There's just been so many things, and I've just talked to so many people who are like, you know, because you're doing what you're doing, it's it's one helping me cope with the loss. Uh, which is is always something that you know I appreciate because my you know I started doing what I was doing because Prince wasn't here anymore and I didn't have an outlet to mourn myself and you know so many people have kind of you know glopped onto me you know and they're like they're like you know we can kind of experience everything from you know from me which is really cool uh, and and I actually like the fact that my channel has kind of transitioned from pure mourning to also trying to become a little bit more introspective and and whatnot like we we did the you know um you know we're talking about what you know big topics like prints in the internet uh prints and race you know these these big big issues and we're trying to tackle them you know with a little bit of humor and a little bit of you know introspectiveness and, and you know just a little bit of, of fun uh but at the same time these are these are big things uh and i would have never done that before you know <laughs> before you know because it was weird because we had prints like prince was here so anytime i needed prince i'd be like cool let me throw some prints on hey prince is there i can throw on the next thing I, I was always waiting for the next you know album the next interview you know the next show you know whatever i could watch i'd be i was content with just what was there mm-hmm. and then there and then there was this giant hole you know and it, and I think everybody right now is kind of rushing to try and fill that hole. Uh, but he was such a big he was such a big thing that I think it requires all of these different voices and all of these different angles and all of these people to fill that you know super large epic sized hole. Yes, and the, the, I want to have this conversation I, uh, too because it's, it's good that we are all here, and I know we've. 
we've had this conversation off the air, and I want to have a sort of a uh, a, a more uh, <laughs> I don't know how to say it. Well, we can have this conversation up front now because we've we've talked about it on the side. But everything we've all just said, right? All of us contributing to this, and you, as you say, you, people will say, "Well, you helped move the legacy and keeping it alive." Mm-hmm. You know, the the real thing now, I think, where a lot of us are starting to really come into now, once you realize, you know, the words you speak have power, right? And a mm-hmm. lot of us can get into these authoritative uh, positions, even if that's not necessarily what we expected or was trying to do. But because of the way, you know, society is with, um, you know, media and, you know, the power of our voice, you know, this one thing Prince very much understood was the things that he said mattered. So he was and that's why you always saw he was very particular, no matter who he was talking to. He he was never just talking nilly nally like he always had an agenda or there was something he was trying to get across but he wasn't just talking out of his ass, you know, and that's something I always appreciate about Prince because he had a mission and he was, you know, he knew the things he would say this way. So that was one way you never really got to see him talk crazy about somebody out in public, which I always thought was, was dope, even if he could have. Mm-hmm. But, but I say all this to say is now, you know, uh, six months, a year, two years, whatever it is in that all of us are getting into now, I think the thing we have to also be very cognizant of is the responsibility, right, that, uh, of what we, what we say and what we put out. Because now we're in a position to be, uh, I don't know, we, we, we're, people are looking to us and some of the things that we say, they're going to say, oh, my man said it or old girl said it or this, I heard this on here. It's the same way when we used to read books and well, I read it in. Mm-hmm. Pierre Nelson's book it said this so I read and we took that as damn near gospel now that we are sort of getting in these positions we gotta be that's what we really gotta make sure that we understand the power of what we put out there good or bad like we just know that the stuff we're doing has it ain't just us listening <laughs> as, as yeah. you know, right there's so many people that are listening and we're contributing to this ecosystem of prints for and that takes time to adjust to as well like i'm still i'm still in that adjustment because to me like that's the thing about i i guess you know i i i'm reluctant to say the word fame (laughs) i don't consider myself famous at all um but you know notoriety i'll say then uh but i mean the moment that you know you become a little bit you know known you become a known entity your words start to take on more weight uh even if you haven't changed and that's actually a big thing that i've been experiencing this tail end of this year is i've seen that the way that people are seeing me is different than it was when i first started my youtube channel even though I am the same dude. I'm still doing a lot of the same. I do the same stuff that I've been doing since I started. Um, So nothing's changed on my end, but it's what you said, like that societal thing. It's, it's the perception of you because you're kind of in everybody's, you know, atmosphere uh, and everybody, you know, it's like, even if you're not looking for, you know, the, you know, 
podcast juice. You're going to you're going to end up running into it eventually or somebody else will be talking about it. You'll be like, what's that thing? You know, and and that's kind of where we're at right now is is uh, I'm going through a lot of, you know, transitions personally on that front. So I don't know. Are you guys still uh, doing that as well? Mm. Yeah, that, I mean, that was my reluctance to want to do a podcast in the first place, because, you know, the fandom can be very harsh. <laughs> if you can they? Fan, Wait, are you sure? Do a whole show on that. Like, especially if you're a female person in the fandom, because mm. there are majority females and they tend to latch onto the male voices more than the female ones, mm. interestingly. Mm. But um, I think that's one thing that I'm very careful about, that whenever I'm saying something that I have resources from where I got the information from or um, to kind of like, especially when drama goes down in the purple world, to kind of give a perspective of zoom out, especially because it's really interesting because something will happen in the purple world. Everybody's very upset about it, pitchforks, but, and it feels very personal because people are still hurting. So when you don't have, like Prince would do things out of the blue. He wouldn't tell us anything either, but Prince is able to do that because he's Prince. If his estate does that the same way, uh, it's 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 some to some people are like, yeah, this is this is part of the course. Like the websites are always going to be iffy, and you know it's going to be bootleg with merch. You might get it, you might not. So <laughs> that's pretty consistent. Mm-hmm. But it's but we put up with it because it was Prince, and because we're hurting, and he's not here, and it's still kind of being run in a similar way. It, you you don't have that extra kind of cushion there to make those kind of mistakes. So. I mean, like, when something happens, I'm kind of like, yeah, I mean, probably. And I don't really like to get involved in the drama just because it's like, I I understand it from a wider perspective because it happens, like, with politics and it happens with, you know, it's just the way the world works. But everything is just more personal because it's friends. But I know for me, as far as, you know, being a voice or whatever, again, I don't feel like... I'm an authority on anything. I just have a lot of free time and I read a lot (laughs) and can use Google very well. So, um, or I listen to a lot of stuff. So you start to notice patterns when you hear music on and off the record across years. So it's just kind of like though, it's an interesting place to be in as a female voice because I'm obviously not the first female person who's ever talked about Prince, but noticing how they, people respond to them and then just kind of walking the line of not just not trying to incite anyone, but to make sure that what I'm saying um, is it brings logic to a situation to kind of take the emotion out of it, even though it's very difficult to do with Prince. It's just like zoom out for a little bit and think about why you're upset. And I think we even talked about this on our last podcast about fan fans and fanatics. It's just like there's a reason why you're upset. At the end of the day, it's probably not actually about Prince, but um just be aware of that as you're consuming all the clickbait type articles what spins everyone up they have an agenda too and it's not about friends it's about you know money and clicks so you it's, know. it's interesting too because what i'll do is i get a lot of flack because i i talk about both sides of that you know i do try to i try to see everything from every angle uh i'm definitely not a prince sycophant you know, it's it's I'm not Prince did everything, you know, correct. And there's nothing ever wrong with anything that he's ever done. Like, I'll discuss something and I'll say, hey, that wasn't that cool that he had done that thing. Uh, and then the comments will blow up on my mm-hmm. videos because yeah. uh, they'll be like, how dare you say such a thing? And this person said that and blah, blah, blah. And a lot of the time I'll go and I'll comment. I'll comment back and I'll say, well, this is why I said that thing. Can you give me more idea about what your your point of view of that? 
And sometimes, you know, it starts a, a big fight and whatever, and then I just disengage. But other times they go, you know what? I wasn't even mad about what you really said yesterday. It was just this other thing that was happening in my life. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that's that's also part of uh, of, you know, this kind of sphere that we're in right now is just, you know, you know, you become like that thing, like, you know, I don't like Prince's Friend. So now Prince's Friend is not just that channel I'm not going to go watch. He becomes the enemy. You know, it's like it, – it, and it can become that for anybody. You know, um, I actually reposted the thing that you posted up, uh, Kanisa, the um, the thing about, you know, when you're mad about something, you're not even really mad about that thing. You're actually – you're kind of in your own feelings about mm-hmm. your fandom. And I had some people who were like, wow, you know, that's really that's really introspective and objective. And, and it's really cool to, to think about it that way. And then I had other people who were the opposite is all I'll say. <laughs> you know? So but I but I that's the way that I approach, you know, almost anything like, you know, I loved Prince and I loved his music and everything. And but, you know, there's there there are fans and friends and whatever. And then there's those people who are just sycophants and, and, you know, they almost worship, you know, this, this, this guy who never asked to be worshiped. Yeah. You know, I don't know. I I have, my thing is, uh, you know, all the comments and stuff. I I love it secretly. I love it. There's a part of me that can, I'm like the younger Michael was so petty. Like I would have just drowned myself and going back and forth, but I as I gotten older, you know, I just be like I can't even, you know, I I don't have the you know, I don't have the time essentially. But I just think <laughs> that it's cool that again because I feel like the words have power. The fact that people can take the time out of their day to one listen to us or watch what we do is a blessing. Oh yeah, uh, the comments and stuff off after that, like if they still have time to do that, to me it's a blessing. Whether there's shade. Uh, praise or not because again the worst thing i would say they don't know who the hell they're not listening and paying attention at all so to me it like takes a certain type of energy to actually type out what you want to say to somebody not necessarily knowing they're going to actually be able to see it so i just look at it as part of the game um Mm -hmm. you know the internet culture moving away from just prince whatever fandom you're into this they have that for everybody. This, you know, other things that I'm into, and they get just as crazy. You know, oh, yeah. again, you can either engage in that or not. But I just think I would just say for us, the people that are actually you know creating something, I would say just be focused on the next thing you got to create or contribute. You know, what I'm saying like trying to win the hearts and minds of the masses <laughs> is a battle that a lot of us ain't got time for. And they'll drain your energy down, man. Like, you, imagine if Prince would just spend all his. Because again, Prince fans went hard at Prince when he was alive. Let's be very clear. Mm-hmm. You go on Prince.org back in the day, tear his shreds in the comments. You know, it was so much hate going on. Uh, but you think he has enough time in the day to be sitting there going through all that and then still doing all the work he did? Now, I'm not saying he didn't jump in there, but. There's no way you're going to be Prince and creating all this work if you got time reading everybody's opinion on everything you said, right? It just, there's no way you could do that. So for me, I just say, this is why I just say this, hold that comment, come to celebration. (laughs) When you see me (laughs) on the street, 
pull up and then say it. And I see if you say if you say it to me, then then I'm a I'll be like you know okay. But otherwise, you know, I just charge it to the game. I, I say charge it to the game, man. We don't we ain't got yeah. time, time for that. But I want to move forward a little bit. Um, we probably should. Yeah. <laughs> but this is this this is this is good game for those who are thinking about you know want to create something. You should. Because all voices, I think everyone has a, is a unique perspective on something, and we, you know, we here for it. I know I'm, I want to read it or I want to hear it, you know what I'm saying? So I, but again, know what comes with that. That's all I'm saying. Oh yeah, I'm all about it. Anytime I find like a new YouTube channel or podcast or whatever, I'm all about sharing it and trying to, you know, and I'll be like, hey, do you want to come on my channel? I'll help you, you know, get some support on your channel. Just come on and we can talk about it. You know, like that's because you know it's. It can't just be us, you know. <laughs> it's, you oh, know no, there, a, there's a whole lot of different perspectives out there that yeah. we all we, we want to hear them all. And with that said, real quick, because I want to make sure we, excuse me, we do this. Shout out. Let's shout out some of the other voices out there that uh, just don't be clear. I want to give everybody as much props as we can quickly. Uh, Prince's friend, I, there, I know there are other YouTube channels. I know you must be aware. You've got to be aware of some other ones. Uh, what are some ones that we should be checking out? The fans should be checking uh, out. Um, there's the Night Child. Uh, Night yes. Child Reviews. Yeah. He is he's amazing. Like He still does some really great videos, and he kind of talks to the community, mm -hmm. and he's got really good – Like one thing he did was he – uh, he actually created a survey and had like, you know, hundreds right. of people fill it out and sent it to the estate and said, this is what people are saying, dude. Mm -hmm. Like, you know, look at us like we're allies and not like we're the enemy and because we could work together and, and here's what people want. Um, so, I mean, that's – I love his channel. I'm always all over his channel. Um, but, I, I mean, I just also um, brought up this other guy and I'm trying to remember his name. Um you know, I'll go with that one. But there's, you know, Mr. Ant's World of Prince is really, really good. Yes, I've seen that name out there. Uh, yeah, so so his is really good. The Violet Reality is yep. really good. And they're actually just now coming back. They were kind of away for a while, but they're now coming back. And, you know, they're doing some great stuff. Uh, real, real, quick, let me, let, real quick, let me cut you in. Just want to give, again, we're going to take a second to, to do this. Whether This will be on the podcast. I may edit this for, for YouTube slightly. But just to, I want to personally give a shout out real quick to my guy. Uh, Casey Rain, keep doing oh, yeah. your work, homeboy. I I'm watching. Oh, yeah, keep doing your thing. Keep the fire going. That's all I want to say. He, he understands that. Go ahead. Uh, Casey Rain and Ken Camellia. They're, they're, they're yeah, also, and Kim. Yep. They're also really cool. And then the last one I was going to say was the Purple Underground. Yeah. Um, you know, Purple Underground's been you know really really cool, and they've been pumping out a lot of stuff lately. So mm -hmm. I'm hoping that that ends up getting them a lot of you know really good uh, props on on YouTube. Uh, you know, and the thing about all of these channels is that they've been around forever and they were actually around before I was ever around. Uh, so like I have actually learned quite a bit from watching them, kind of like what you were saying earlier, Mike, is, you know, I'm like, that seems like something I could do. Let me try and do that. And it's and it's really cool to kind of now be in you know, that same uh, community there of, you know, there's not that many of us uh, doing YouTube channels, you know, around Prince. There's less than 10, you know, all right, so. All right. And uh, there's other podcasts as well. Um, I, I apologize. I don't have the names for me. Kanisa, I know you was on one uh, not too long ago. Yeah. Um, the Dystopian Dance, uh, Prince Songs at yes. Work, that has um, 
we do some reviews of albums that go several hours long. <laughs> so we've done one from for um for you for the fortieth, and we did one for Prince as well. It's Mizak and um Harold Pride. So it's just kind of us sitting around being super duper nerds about Prince to where we're going through musical influences, going through specific shows. Um, as far as you know, live music, it's talking about um studio work um who the musicians were and it's it's really like super it's not so much a review as it is kind of like a scholarly thought of how prince made these albums and where the influences came from and all the different parts to it so those are pretty deep and then i also want to shout out um mountains in the sea they um they're kind of a review podcast but they're kind of going through different albums as well uh i didn't listen to a couple of them i Super want to shout out their Bria Valente <laughs> Elixir show because everybody has things to say about that. But um, I enjoy that album. So ha- shout out to them. There's one. It's like a track by track mm-hmm. or something. Is that what yes, it's called? Prince, yeah. It's like Prince track by track okay. where they're going. They're like 15, 20 minutes long. And they'll have guests on to talk about songs from the different albums. They're pretty far up in the catalog too. That's They're definitely dope. in the That's albums. Dope. Yeah. I like that. And also shout out to my to my sister. She came to the uh meet and greet and blessed me with her family was with her. Uh D'Angela Huff Huff? Duff. Duff, excuse me. I'm all over I'm I'm reading other stuff, but the grown folks music uh Prince Podcast. Man, shout out to y'all. Y'all be putting it in the work. I, I love what y'all do. Keep keep it going. That's all I got to say. Keep it going. Keep they it going. just did a madhouse yes. with you. That was very good. Yeah, shout out to all of those involved in that. All right. Let's get off of the padding of our backs and <laughs> get back to some more stuff. Um, the other thing, uh, there, was a, there was many things, but uh, oh, quickly, the the prince estate mm-hmm. the prince estate in 2018 uh was busy it was very busy this year um on a personal just to go back on a personal level we had to even change our name this year right big sexy mm. <laughs> yeah we had a little uh break, breaking bread meeting with them it was cool yeah it was yeah but so but they was they was they was they were busy this year there was a mini uh um things in the news some of the bigger ones uh you know they had the lawsuit with i records which was is a prince bootleg uh i guess label uh from overseas you know we did a, i think we did a show about that on people talked about that in the committee and i didn't ain't this about it now didn't they just put something out yeah <laughs> okay i ain't got nothing to do with it <laughs> Shout out to I records. <laughs> I guess. <laughs> I guess. But uh yeah, I mean, so you have that and you know, we've we've talked about that ad nauseum, but um there's also the lawsuit that they had um there was a guy out of Oklahoma. Uh he he put up the Vanity Six album on uh TuneCore, which I think probably got it on, you know, a lot of the streaming services. Uh, and the state, you know, want to take that down. I think this gentleman, his name was Phil, actually pushed back and got it reinstated on on there. Obviously, he has nothing to do with <laughs> the creation of the Vanity Six album, but there was, you know, there's that thing going on out there. There was a lawsuit 
pending about the domain name of Prince.com that the estate was trying to get back. If you remember that, I think that was uh, earlier this year. I'm not sure what happened with that. Um, I know a lot of fans and admirers of Prince got cease and desist letters this year, right? Not me, but, <laughs> <laughs> but I'm totally joking. Totally did, but oh, no. you know, I don't know if that's a badge of honor or, or, or what. But I mean, they were busy this year, um, and again, you know, some of it, a lot of it, can make sense. I guess from their perspective, right? If you're trying to protect something, but on the other side, you know, a lot of us sometimes scratch our head, or you know. We didn't have intentions of trying to take something. Some of them, some of them maybe did, um, but they was on their game this year. That's all. Well, that you was forgot my, too. I, I probably did. Too. Go ahead. Go ahead. The uh, the guy who makes uh, who designed Prince's Cloud guitar all and right. has been making replicas forever. They're trying to get him that trying to make it so that he can't uh, make any more Cloud guitars to sell. Um, and they also finished up the, uh, or there, there was at least a ruling on the Ian Boxel and Deliverance ah, this year yeah, as well. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and they, they are ordering him to pay the estate $4 million for trying to release Deliverance Ooh. last year. Wow. I don't even know why people would be surprised by that, <clears throat> by that one. I remember when we talked about it initially, I said up front, he's going to lose. Oh, yeah. And he lost badly. Mm-hmm. You know, and yeah. as far as the cloud guy, my understanding is he owns, <clears throat> excuse me, he owns that copyright and trademark. Mm-hmm. So if it's his, that's it. Now, the estate may want to get it from him. That's fine. Then they need to sit down with him or something out like an exclusive licensing arrangement or something. But if they're going to try to drag him into federal court and make him just give it up, they will lose. Wasn't there also they're trying to license or do something for the color purple, like that yeah. company has for red? Yeah. Well, that was a pant, but that's a like. Well, they were trying to trademark the color, like to, no, the the color, like but as a phrase, like the purple one mm. or the purple somebody, you know, the purple singer or whatever. They wanted it to not only be associated with him, which is it's weird, but you know, I I mean, I guess you can, if they can, I guess they will. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, hey man, I, you know, we, we were actually behind the scenes trying to get my guy to come on the show. We, we just, so we'll see what happens with that. I don't know if now if that's off the table, but uh, yeah, that's a, having a four million dollar tag on you, boy. That's mm-hmm. that's one. You know, I, I'm a pro at when they. Oh, hello, uh, yeah, I speak to Michael Dean. Is him? Hey, this is from such and such financial. We're trying to get. Uh, uh, hold on for a minute. <laughs> That's one thing to do for them type of cats, but they had that four million dollar one. Boy, I don't, man, I don't mm. know, man. That's woo. Yeah, that's tough. Uh, but yes, the estate was busy on that type of stuff this year, um, and I'm just kind of throwing things out there. One of the bigger ones I know we had talked about it. Just to bring it back up again was the Super Bowl. Mm. earlier this year with uh, Justin mm-hmm. Timberlake and all of that stuff. You know, that was a brouhaha at the time. Um, what Whatever happened? I, I sound like I never heard from Justin after that. Like, he had put out an album and stuff, too. He did. Oh, and he had that party at Paisley Park as well. Yeah, he, did, he did the party. Right. He did the release party That's there and everything. Right. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. 
or the listening party. Now, what what's <laughs> I I um you you know how they say like uh if you really want to know what's going on, you ask you know you ask the help, you ask the people who work there. Mm-hmm. So <laughs> when I was at Paisley, um you know I got to hear some some interesting stories about you know that listening party and how you know they were they didn't actually respect the facilities and like stuff like that and i was like mm-hmm. wow like that that was surprising like you know if you're going to do like you you would imagine that you're doing it there because of the respect and you know how much you care about that place but it was very very uh, the, the stories i heard and i probably shouldn't repeat all of them uh, but the stories that i heard were just like wow like it made me lose some respect for you know, Justin Timberlake. So it was, it was, it was interesting. Man, you're going to drop that in there, but you ain't going to get into no tea. I, I could tell y'all, but I don't, it probably shouldn't you be recorded. Type of cats. <laughs> 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 All right. Um, also, I mean, again, and I'm just dropping things. Um, the blackish episode. Okay. Mm, highlight this year, right? That was my jam. Yeah, and I especially liked all the marketing they did around that, and they did it so well. Like, from some of the pictures that they had where they recreated Prince album covers to making sure that there were playlists that were available for people to listen to on the popular streaming services. They were, um, those videos were up immediately after the episode aired on YouTube, even though it hadn't aired on the West Coast. And just, like, it was just brilliant marketing around all of that. And they handled that with such care. Um, they did an excellent job. And the episode itself was really good um, because it's a comedy show. So you always fear that, you know, they're going to, you know, poke fun at Prince or whatever. But Prince was never the punchline. Uh, they made jokes around the experience of being a Prince friend and everything. But like they never said like, oh, and he's, you know, he's dumb or whatever. Uh, I thought that was really the, the best. Thing. Like, I, th- I think it's definitely the best you know, TV tribute that we've seen so far. There hasn't been a, a ton of them, but it's definitely the best one uh, so far because um, I think it also spoke to a certain, you know, type of parent because guess what? Like the, the, the framing of the episode is he finds out his kid doesn't know anything about Prince. So they sit him down to talk to his kids about Prince and educate him. I've had that family meeting. <laughs> I've had it twice. So, and I plan on having it a third time, probably. Uh, so, like, I related immediately to the episode because, you know, I've had that same experience. All right. All right. Uh, listen, I'm going to do something we don't normally do here. We're going to take a quick break. We'll regroup, come back. So hold tight. Thank you for listening to the podcast. Check us out at podcastjuice.net. If you're on YouTube, please hit that subscribe button so you can be notified of the newest episodes. And be sure to check out the website for our official podcast on Prince and Work It Like a Job t-shirts. She was a problem. All of my friends wanted to meet her. Even my man's girlfriend was jocking. Never leave us alone. Had to cross that brother on the telephone. But she was a problem. Yeah, she was fine. She was a problem. What's so far in mind? She was a problem. What could I do? She was a problem. Baby girl was the truth. She was a problem. Yeah, back in the day, she was a problem. Never had much 
Was a problem. Was a problem. 